0: Practical Prepping Podcast. We're helping everyday people become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way. Where gear is good, but knowledge is better. Because the more you know, the less you have to carry. We're your hosts, Mark and Krista Lawley.
1: As the episode title says, inflation is here, more is coming, what we can do now, and how this affects prepping. Now here's the disclaimer. I'm not a trained economist, I haven't played one on television, and I didn't sleep at a Holiday Inn Express last night. I'm a regular guy who follows this stuff with a little more than a passing interest. I like to keep up with what's going on in the world, especially with an eye toward what may happen in our future. This is in no way financial advice. It's just one man's opinion, formulated by doing my own research What you do with it is your choice. We're not going to bore you with a lot of economic mumbo jumbo. We're going to make it as simple as we can so you can see how we came to these conclusions and give you some things to think about. So let's begin. There are five economic indicators to track in order to measure the economy inflation, employment figures, housing, spending, and consumer confidence. Inflation first. We're seeing some real red flags with inflation. Inflation is the decreasing value of money. Your money buys less and less. Now, moderate inflation occurs naturally in a growing economy. Historically, over the last 40 years or so, most expect one-half to 2% in any given year. Now, inflation is predicted to be 2 to 4% for 2001. Now, let's look at some current inflationary examples. Let's bring it down to where we live. The Consumer Price Index shows that food prices, something that we all have to have, has increased 3.5% from March 2020 to March 2021. Energy prices have increased 13.2% over that period. 0.6% of that increase is in March 2021 alone. So here's where it gets down to where the rubber meets the road. Gasoline, diesel fuel, heating oil, electricity, natural gas, they're all rising in prices. Now, rising fuel costs raises transportation costs, which raises the cost of everything at the cash register. Rising fuel cost increases the cost of heating your home, whether it is with electricity, natural gas, or with heating oil. Hyperinflation is rapidly rising inflation. Thankfully, we've not seen that here. We don't expect that here. But typically, that is a rise in inflation of 50% or more per month it can easily be inflationary price increases of 5 to 10% per day. This is destructive to countries' economies. We've seen that in Zimbabwe. We saw it in Argentina. We've seen it in Venezuela. And we're continuing to see it in Venezuela. And Venezuela is predicted to have an inflation rate of approximately 438%. In 2021. Now, with both inflation and hyperinflation, the value of cash and savings decreases, resulting in less purchasing power. But hyperinflation is where it goes up so rapidly. In hyperinflation, cash can even become worthless. Now, that causes us to think through what we might do if our money is no good. What if it takes a wheelbarrow full of money to buy a loaf of bread? We better have some other options on the way because, honestly, wages don't rise at the same rate that does inflation. Here are some examples of inflation that we've seen this year. Gas prices in the area in which we live have increased over 75% in just the last six months. Food prices are increasing, and package contents are shrinking. What once was a pound of bacon or a pound of coffee is now 12 ounces. So the price is rising, and the amount that we get is going down. And that's happening with many, many products. Here's another one, and that's lumber. Lumber prices are up 188%. Now, you've really noticed that if you're a hobbyist woodworker if you're a homesteader, that cost of wood, when you can find it, is skyrocketing. And it's put a couple of personal projects on hold. I want to be making some sawdust. I want to be building on some projects that I have here at the house. But you know the cost of the lumber rising adds approximately $24,000 to the price of a newly built house. That's on average. I've heard of that raising the price thirty-five and $40,000 to complete the construction. Now, here's an anecdotal account. We were looking at buying an 80-volt battery-operated leaf blower. We'd looked at several. We'd done our research, and we had decided on one, and we found it online at one of the big box stores for $179. We didn't order it right then, but about 10 days later, When we put the order in, it was now $189. So in about 10 days, that price had risen $10. Add to the inflation caused by the stimulus package the fact that we are experiencing huge shortages in some areas. The demand is up as people are spending stimulus funds. They see it as free money, but it's far from free. Any money spent by the government comes from us. Any money spent by the government has to be paid for by the taxpayer. And while the demand is up, the supply is down due to reduced production, due to reductions in the available workforce. Much manufacturing was shut down because of the Wuhan virus. A percentage are being paid to just stay home. Federal governments added $300 per week, on top of employment benefits. And that's ridiculous. All this has some economists projecting a 5% inflationary rate for the U.S. by this summer. Get ready. Inflation is here and more is coming. All right, after inflation, let's deal with employment. My wife and I were commenting a while ago about how many help wanted signs we are seeing posted. Job openings are at an all-time high, yet we have a 6% unemployment rate versus a 3.5% unemployment rate that we had before COVID. The jobs report came out last week, and it's very disappointing numbers. It's not a lack of jobs, but the current government benefits are so generous that we're paying 3% of the workforce just to stay home. There's no incentive to find a job. When more can be made sitting home than working, Many will stay home, and that government benefit is, co- is causing a shortage in the workplace. And here's where it affects each of us. Business owners can't find workers. Restaurants are not able to find servers. Our own daughter has been trying for several weeks now to hire two people and can't find people that want to do the job. Some businesses are even paying people to show up for interviews. Some businesses are paying sign-on bonuses. They're all facing increased cost of labor, and that actually hurts the poor the most. See, higher cost of labor means that less will be hired. And the problem is partially with the minimum wage. Minimum wage was meant to be an entry-level payment. Someone with no marketable skills, great for teenagers or for those just starting out, a place to get experience and build a work ethic. Minimum wage was not intended to be wages to support a family. A $15 minimum wage, as is being proposed by some, will cause fewer to be hired and possibly cost some their jobs. Want to make more? Get some skills. Look at what welders, machinists, electricians, plumbers, other skilled labor, look at what they make. They make good money. So, the employment is one of the figures that we look at when we're looking at the economy.
0: Hey, listen, I just want to tell you about a couple of books that you need to add to your collection and give as gifts. I highly encourage that you go to Amazon and look up this title Making Contact During Emergencies. This is information that may save your life or the life of someone you care about. If injured, lost, or found in a disaster, or another type of emergency. This book was written by Mark and Krista Lawley. I'm Krista, and Mark is my husband. Book number two that we wrote that we're especially proud of and has gotten a lot of buzz is entitled Practical Prepping for Everyday People. This is a common sense guide on preparing for life's emergencies. And when we say practical prepping, we mean the type of emergencies you're going to find yourself in day in and day out. Car emergencies, dead batteries, flat tires, storm damage the roof has gotten blown off you find that you have no power no electricity no devices are working these kinds of things are happening to somebody somewhere every single day and we were astonished when we did a little research to find that a vast majority of people found themselves woefully unprepared for one or more of these types of emergencies and particularly after this COVID year that we've experienced I think a whole lot more of us are paying closer attention to things like grocery store supply chains the ability to be able to buy gas the ability to be able to move freely about or what's going to happen if we do have to stay home for three weeks solid practical prepping for everyday people by Mark and Krista Lawley also making contact during emergencies go to Amazon look these up add these to your collection, we sure appreciate it.
1: Another is housing. The housing market has seen a 12% increase in pricing. Real estate salespeople are a hot commodity right now. Locally, in the area in which we live, houses are being sold faster than they are being built. And some of those sales are becoming bidding wars. Houses are selling for higher than the asking prices. In this area right now, if you're looking to buy a house and you look at a particular house, if you like it, you better be prepared to make an offer or it's gone. Friend of ours missed out buying five houses before he was able to land the sixth, all because of the market and the way things are right now. Let's look at spending. This is one of the big factors that we look at in looking at the health of the economy. Demand is greatly outstripping the supply. See, that economic stimulus is creating a demand that is higher than the potential of the country to produce over the next couple of years. They've been increasing government spending exponentially. Trillions of dollars in government deficit. They're printing money increasing the money supply, and they're putting our great-grandchildren in debt. I read somewhere the other day that the $2,000 stimulus check that we received straddled every American taxpayer with $17,000 in new debt by the time it's over. Here's another one that we look at, and that's confidence. Normally, consumer confidence drives the rate of sales in durable goods, The more confident consumers are that they'll be able to make the payments, the more likely they are to buy. The less confident, the less likely they are to go into debt. Realize that's not the best way, but it's the way it is. Look at the other side of confidence, the confidence of the investor. The investor can be an individual or it can be a corporation. See, individuals invest money in a number of ways, including starting businesses and investing in existing businesses to grow, expanding existing businesses. That's what the stock market is in in one sense, is investing in existing businesses. These businesses expand by expanding their facilities, by hiring more employees, buying new processes, by upgrading equipment even equipment like computers and machinery. Well, Biden's tax proposals are counterproductive to economic growth and economic health. His proposed increase from 21% to 28% discourages business expansion, and that business expansion is what creates the jobs. So as we discourage that expansion, we decrease the number of jobs that are created. Now, the folks with money are not the problem. It's the folks with money who risk their money to build businesses, which in turn hire people. Those people are paid for their work and are thereby able to provide for their family. And the goods and services that they buy, in turn, support others and their families. And the circle goes round and round. Now, doubling the long-term capital gains for wealthy investors to 43 percent, as the Biden administration wants to do, that discourages investment. See, wealthy folks are the investors in other people's businesses, and venture capitalists risk their money backing others in hopes of making a profit. There's always a risk in venture capitalists. There's always risk in loaning your money to someone else. And if they're going to be at risk and if they're going to be taxed at 43%, many of those folks will find lower risk opportunities with less tax burden. One example is tax-free government bonds. Sure, the return is lower, but so is the risk and the tax burden. All that to say this, inflation is here, more is coming. Do I believe it will be hyperinflation? I don't believe so, but it will get worse before it gets better. Now here's some things we can do. One thing that we can do is tighten our belt. There comes times when we're looking at economic uncertainty that you and I need to tighten our belts. We can do that by setting a budget. And I know the B word is a word that many people hate, but it helps you to not overspend. And not overspending in the economy that we're likely to be facing is a very good thing. It shows you where your money goes. A lot of times, we don't know where our money goes. We may have a little left over at the end of the month. We may have paid our bills, but we have no idea how much we've spent on a particular category. Another thing that we can do in setting that budget is it helps us to spend less than we make. We cannot prosper with deficit spending, whether we are an individual, a family, a county, a city, state, or the federal government. We need to spend less than we make because we can't build prosperity any other way.
0: We've added a way for our listeners who would like to support the podcast to do so. We love our coffee, so you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash practical prep and buy us a cup of coffee. That's buymeacoffee.com slash practical prep.
1: Now, when we're tightening our belts, we can be cutting expenses. Maybe that $5 coffee that you have in the morning. That five-dollar coffee with the fancy name. Oh, I know they taste good, but they don't taste any better than the coffee made in our coffee maker here at the house. And that's a hundred dollars a month if you only buy one on workdays. One coffee a day, five dollars per coffee, twenty workdays per month on average, and you've just saved a hundred dollars per month. How about checking those forgotten automatic payments? automatic deductions. How about those automatic renew subscriptions that you forgot you had? Once in a while, you need to sit down, go through your bank account, see what was pulled out of your account to pay something. It may be just three or four dollars, but if you find four or five, you begin to save a little bit of money. Here's something that Krista is good at, and that's negotiating better deals. So you can negotiate a phone bill with a phone company. For example, we were looking for ways to cut our phone bill, and we found that we could save $10 a month just by signing up for auto pay. And it cost us absolutely no more. And it saves us $10 a month, and the math I learned in high school, not this common core math, says that's $120 a year. You can do the same thing with cable or satellite TV bills, Krista was looking at negotiating a lower package and she actually got $10 a month off of the bill just for asking. And that was on a phone call. Folks, you can save $10 a month usually just by calling them, saying, I'm paying too much for this. What can you do? Some places give you a discount for paperless billing. I know our bank offers paperless billings, But they charge if you want a paper statement. So I just have it emailed, get the exact same information. I can print it out a lot cheaper than I can have them send me a paper statement. Now here's another way to tighten our budgets, tighten our belts, and that's by making wise purchases. We can all do a little bit better in this area. We can avoid impulse purchases. Is this something that I really need? Does this fill a need in my life, or is this just something I want? Those impulse buys, those impulse purchases often come with buyer's remorse a little ways down the road. We bought it. It made us happy. Maybe we used it a time or two, but the luster's gone. So let's look at that before we make that purchase. Is this something that I really need? How about buying in bulk? Some of the wholesale club stores offer lower prices. You buy a little bit more in bulk. An example is that Krista went today and she bought a two pack of peanut butter at not much more than what a single jar of that very same peanut butter is in the grocery store. Another thing that we can do, and this is in light of inflation, I've encouraged our girls to do this. We're doing this a little bit, we're buying ahead. See, we know we're going to need a certain amount of certain things. Spaghetti is one of Krista's favorite foods on the face of the earth. We know we're going to have spaghetti usually once every week or 10 days. So that spaghetti sauce is something that we can buy in bulk, pay a cheaper price, and by buying it now, we're saving money over what it would cost after the inflation takes its toll on that. So we save a few dollars here and a few dollars there for buying in bulk, but not knowing exactly what the inflation rate is going to be, how much it's going to affect us in the grocery store, We don't know how much fuel cost is going into that. We know that those fuel prices are rising. And again, what we're doing is simply investing our money ahead of the inflation. We're not spending any more money than we would. In fact, we're probably spending less. So if you can afford to buy a little ahead, now is a good time to do that. Now here's the last one that we're going to cover, and that's being very careful with debt. We really don't need to be incurring new debt, but there are some exceptions. And one of those exceptions is in purchasing a house. If that's a situation that you find yourself in, you may need to be increasing that debt for that reason, but we don't need to be incurring any new debt that we can possibly afford. And then finally, getting out of debt. Let me recommend Dave Ramsey and Financial Peace. Dave wrote that book, Financial Peace, and it's helped untold numbers of people get a handle on their finances to get out of debt and to get savings in the bank. Now, he starts first with building an emergency fund. He recommends $1,000. I think every prepper ought to have that emergency fund. And then he talks about the, what he calls the debt snowball. That's taking like credit cards, what's the lowest balance and pay as much as you possibly can on that and pay the minimum payment on the other. Keep doing that each month and then when you pay that smallest debt off, you keep paying that amount of money on the next largest and you keep paying the minimum payment on the others. And so you snowball that debt. Each time you pay a debt, you continue to pay that amount plus the previous amount and you are knocking that debt down very quickly. Some other things that we can do is increase our income, increase the amount of money that we have to be able to get out of debt. You can sell things. We all have things around that we don't need, things that we haven't used in a long, long time. Some of those things can be sold. You can put some on eBay or Craigslist. If you've got a lot of it, you can have a yard sale. You could even take a side job. We talked about all of those help-wanted signs. You can find a job that you might work one or two or three days a week, and you might be able to take that income and apply that income toward getting out of debt. I really do believe inflation is here. I believe more is coming, but there are some things we can do now, and the way that affects our prepping is that we're stocking up, we're buying ahead. We're not buying senseless things. We're being very, very cautious with our money because we know that inflation is coming our way. So let me encourage you. Take a look at this. We'll put some of this in the show notes. And maybe you'll find something here that will help you in your personal prepping journey. We'll see you next week.
0: Thank you for listening to the podcast today, and please leave us a five-star review. That helps more people be able to hear this podcast. Share it with your friends and family. You can reach us on Facebook at Practical Prepping. Email at info at practicalprepping.info, and our website is practicalprepping.info. And as always, remember, stuff happens. Stay prepared.